0: Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to episode 52. Yes, you heard right, 52. On this episode, we have the latest offering on VOD that we've gone and watched, The Wretched. Our something to Scream About is a very special interview with somebody, which we'll get onto later. And also, our movie from the vault was given to us by John from Alley Graphics, is Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Welcome.
1: Hey, well, thanks so much, John. I have to say again for coming on to the episode last week. It was great fun. Fucking, yeah, I was hammered at the end of it, but it was all good. <laughs>
0: nah, great episode. Really fun to have him on. And that won't be the only time, so we'll have him on again, definitely.
1: Yeah, man. That was a good crack, man. Um, but I want to know, What you been doing for the last couple of weeks? Anything changed? (laughs) Not really. A lot of sunbathing. Um. Yeah. I was going to say you look a bit, you look a bit tanned, mate. I've been busy, mate. I've been watching horror movies. That's what I've been doing. I forget all this sun malarkey. I've been staying in with the curtains drawn. (laughs) (laughs) I've been getting involved in some Shudder. I don't want to care about the sun outside.
0: (laughs) What have you been watching them?
1: I watched, um, I watched House of Thousand Corpses. And The the Devil's Rejects in the past couple of weeks, both from Shudder.
0: Zombie Fest.
1: Yeah, I am two episodes away from finishing all three seasons of Stranger Things again. (laughs) Oh, cool. Because I just fucking love that show, man.
0: I would like to go rewatch it, definitely.
1: It gets better every watch, man. Um, And I think I I sat down and watched It Follows as well. Fucking, I mean, we talked about it. I love that movie. And again, it it still gives me chills. Mm. Yeah, it's very very interesting movie. I do love that one.
0: No, it's a good one.
1: And I also watched on Shudder a new movie, probably one that we could have done for the podcast to be fair, but fuck it, I watched it. It was called Blood Quantum. And it is a very is a is sort of like a zombie movie set in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, Canadian. Canadian, but they're all they're sort of like not Indians, but um natives of Canada, I guess. And they're just it's just very kick ass. It's a very kick ass movie. Um and it's an interesting take on the zombie the zombie trope. So I quite liked it man. Definitely worth a watch. That was sort of that's my last couple of weeks. Um so I you know, I'm gonna look forward to watching more loads of more horror from the back catalogue, I think, in the next couple. No,
0: what well, about you
1: you didn't watch anything.
0: No, I have watched a few bits, but I need to sort myself out because I've been doing a lot of stuff around the house and things like that. But when I do get time, I've been I'm trying to watch some stuff. So I've been watching something on Disney Plus, which is really cool. And it has got a horror element to it. But it's called Disney Prop Culture. Right. Seen it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, It's got about, I think it's got about eight episodes on it. Um, but there's a whole episode on Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, wow. It's all about behind the scenes and it's all about the props. And it's this prop collector that goes around and he visits all the people, several people that worked on the movies themselves. And they talk about the props, how they're made, where they are now, whether they're surviving or or, or not. Um, But it's really interesting. I mean, there's that episode on Nightmare Before Christmas, but then there's episodes on Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, there's like one on Mary Poppins, but there's a really cool one on Roger Rabbit, which is just fantastic. Uh, Roger Rabbit was dark, man. I like that mm. one. Of the there's, some, he's, he's, there's one episode on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he has an interview with the one and only Rick Moranis, man. And that's been a long time since he's come out of retirement. And it some of the interviews he has with people actually really made me quite emotional because there's it really gets you. Oh wow. But it's definitely worth a watch. It's really, really good. Really easy watch. They're only 40 minutes long.
1: I didn't realize you had a heart, to be honest. No, I,
0: I, I I don't know why. Maybe because of the lockdown. Maybe maybe it's maybe become a bit soft, but that was cool. And on the other side, more more of the horror side, I've been watching uh on Shudder, cursed films. I don't know if you've caught any of them yet. I've I spoke to about in the past, but I've watched pretty much all of them now.
1: Is this the Eli Roth thing?
0: No, this isn't. This is basically, it's called Cursed Films. It's just um, mini episodes on basically the lore behind several films that they say was Cursed. Like The Omen, so o- Poltergeist, Exorcist. Uh, there's a couple more as well. I think The Crow is on there as well. But they're really cool. Um, some Most of the stuff I knew already because of the podcast and stuff, but still it was interesting hearing kind of experts' point, points of view and stuff like that. It's not just people that worked on the sets and stuff. So it is really definitely, definitely worth worth a watch. I might have to check that out. It's good. It's on Shudder and, and it's really, really cool. But yeah, that's it, mate. That's what, that's what I've been up to. All right. Well...
1: Let's get on to some motherfucking news. Oh, I've
0: got one other thing I've I got from oh. the post as well. i got a lovely, beautiful edition of Revenge. Oh, that's nice. It's absolutely beautiful it's, um, by Two Entertainment, and it's, it's a double kind of like whammy. It's got a book and the Blu-ray edition of it. Um, it's got like a lovely slipcase with artwork. Uh, it's got a poster inside, book, and loads of loads of loads of special features and extras, but it's really really nice. You want to pop that one up on uh, yeah. social media, it's most
1: social media, mate. Mm. Make,
2: sorry.
1: Make, yeah. make, make everyone salivate,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, revenge. So, yeah, it's, it's out there to buy at the moment. Um, yeah, so let's let, well, sorry to interrupt you. It's all right, let's get go on. Ahead, young, go ahead,
1: young sir. All right, well, I'm going to start kick this off then, dude, and see if we cannot cross purposes this week see if we've got different news
0: we'll see we'll see
1: the first bit of news i've got is <laughs> and i don't know if this is welcome i'll be interested you on your
0: one one each you go go on,
1: um yeah let's do it um so first one i've got is <laughs> which um you have to let me know if you find this interesting deep blue sea free is swimming our way and it's been rated r for bloody images R. How do you feel about a Deep Blue Sea three? Didn't know there was a two, so I
0: knew there was a two, but that's only because of where I work. I did, I did really like the first one.
1: Yeah, it's Samuel L. Jackson, Tom Jane, it was fucking cracking.
0: But because what they've done so much other kind of shark movies in between now and then, I don't know if they can raise the bar enough. But maybe they can. Will they go uber s- silly, stupid? Uh or were they will they keep it kinda of cool and bring it back a little, brain it in a little bit? It was quite
1: sinister the first one. It had some moments in it. it, had some silly moments in too, with obviously the way that someone uh someone quite high up pop uh, pops his clogs, if you remember that that moment.
0: Yeah, when you're positive, uh, but... you positively gotta kill every shark in the room.
1: <laughs> He had his speech and he fucking <sighs> went, didn't he? Bless him. But yeah, so I don't know, I like you know me, I love a shark movie, so i'll yeah. fucking watch it yeah now I, I know there's a deep blue sea too i might fish that try and uh, fish that one out as well.
0: well you know with the um 47 meters below movie that was just out and then the second one as well yeah i really i really enjoyed them I, I, yeah i easy, totally agree easy watches easy watches aren't they? and also creep uh not creep crawl um that came out with the with the monster movies and stuff i really enjoyed that when just when you think everything's kind of been done and that's great to see other things come out. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it might be really good, or be a big pile of shite.
1: <laughs> right, go on, but
0: Wow, top of my list is: Have you seen the Lego Haunted House that's just been announced?
1: Oh, I have seen it. It looks oh sick. my
0: lord! Over three thousand bricks. Right, it's got that's a a, painting, a painting that comes to life not only that it's got loads of other stuff but this bit it's got an elevator that works but via an app what yeah so you can basically it's electronically um kind of worked with an app you can download so it goes up and down in the house
1: what, So you got to have a battery in it
0: Uh yeah i would have, i would imagine so there'd probably be a motor or something bluetooth mm-hmm. motor i don't know what but um yeah it, the lift actually goes up and down with the app Will you be
1: making, will you be making a purchase?
0: No, but I was going to say it's my birthday coming up soon, so uh
1: oh, I've already got your birthday <laughs> present mate. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you know you'll have to get it after the lockdown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, but that, that yeah, I just saw that and that, that's uh that was on the Lego website and it's coming at the end of May start of June, I believe. Well, what was it retailing at? I think it's near enough 300 pounds. Ouch that's a beast <laughs> it is a beast but it's be- it is beautiful and it's really really well made one thing about lego they, it holds its value
2: mm-hmm.
1: right so i guess i think I'll, I'll go on to this one next this is fucking big news continuation of the fact that we know that there's going to be a scream five so as confirmation of one of the actual ex the past cast members this week um david arquette is signed up he's on board we haven't had any others, have we? We haven't got, um, you know, Nev Campbell's officially hasn't officially come on board yet.
0: Rumours she's been in talks, but whether mm. that's true or not, I do not know.
1: But he's back as Sheriff Dewey Riley, so happy with that. Yeah, I mean, like you
0: know, I mean,
1: I don't, I don't know what I'm looking. I mean, I don't think I'm looking forward to it, but it, it who knows, eh?
0: I'm hoping that the. The script that they've got, or the idea, or whatever, is so good that that's why they're making it. I hope that it's just going to be really good, and I hope it's just n- not going to be like a paint-by-numbers nostalgia trip. But you know, so what? It's a screen movie. Um, if it's done well, and they bring a lot of the people back, then cool. But yeah. there's loads of r- there's loads of rumors flying about. It's gonna
1: we're gonna see a few. I think we're gonna this. It's going to be a bit of a um news hound for the next couple of months i think
0: yeah so it will be interesting It'll definitely definitely be interesting so all right but over to you so um i don't know if you've read about this or you've got it on your news but jamie lee curtis is due to direct a movie called mother nature and it's for blumhouse i will skip that then <laughs> i did have, i did well have that. I, I, we did tweet that via our page <laughs> in the week so um but yeah so what are your thoughts on that
1: the interesting title um i like the fact that she's done it with blumhouse we'll see if that's a you know one of the hits or miss but um this is a directorial debut is it after she's, all the... done,
0: she's done a couple of um tv episodes i think of the screen tv show okay um or scream queens or whatever um she's done a couple of tv things um but i've read loads of things uh in places that she's kind of she's kind of bashed the horror genre a little bit i don't know whether that's true or not or it's just um but she's had a little bit of a go at it and stuff like that but i don't know but this is interesting um
1: i mean it could go either way with this mother nature it could be i don't know some kind of happening horror movie
0: <laughs> I've, I've had a look everywhere I, I can't see any kind of synopsis anywhere like nothing really so it'd be interesting to see Maybe. what what it's all about
1: yeah watch the space mm. all right then i'll follow that on with some uh news about david robert mitchell the it follows director he is um ready to take on a new <laughs> superhero movie called heroes and villains okay now that is all i've got he's going to make his own i haven't what's he done after it follows
0: he he did um the most recent thing it's called under silver lake or something like that right okay very very avant-garde out there movie it's not really horror uh it's a very strange movie
1: so we'll see uh, we'll watch this space in terms of what this is going to be heroes and villains there's obviously a lot of um you know movies in this genre and it's whether it's going to be something slightly different i guess with him it will be so
0: it would be interesting to find out i mean i i think he he he's literally trying to step away from horror as much as he can but we'll see see what happens
1: all right cool
0: so um i've got two more bits this one's quite a cool one you know we've chatted about and we've looked at trailer for a movie called psycho gorman yeah do you remember like the oh, crazy yeah. ass trailer <laughs> where it's just practical effects all over the place um apparently shudder have picked it up and it's due to come out late 2020 Oof. so we'll be looking looking at that um and we'll be definitely reviewing that one shudder,
1: shudder is getting bigger mate because i've got some interesting things to talk about in a minute on shudder
0: if you but. haven't gone out and had not look at this trailer yet go out and just look at it because it's it's got like turbo kid written all over it yeah but a nod to every kind of like like practical effects you could ever think of Just <laughs> looks batshit crazy right up our street
1: all right well i got some um news regarding isa lopez who was supposed to be work- he's working on a movie with um gama del toro but she's also joined forces to make another horror movie called Our Lady of Tears. Um, and she's on board to write and direct it for Blumhouse. So another Blumhouse one coming down the road. Um, it's a film that will focus on a mass hysteria epidemic with supernatural roots that will spread through Villa de la Nina's on an on all-girl Catholic boarding school in the outskirts of Mexican City. She's very much keeping in with that Mexican sort of area.
0: Well, It'll be interesting to see if this is going to be all in foreign language, um, which would be interesting. Uh, see if Blumhouse steps out of that comfort zone a little bit and keeps it kind of real. Uh, I hope it okay. is. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice if it does. Um, sounds like a kind of folklore kind of thing. Yeah. Um, right up my, my street. Um, and she's fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, anything that she does at the moment, mate, I'll be watching it. So watch your space. And what's your last bit, mate?
0: Um, My last bit is our friend John from Alicap Graphics has brought out a beautiful new poster uh, from the movie Midsummer, which you can go and purchase right now. Um, It is absolutely beautiful. It's Um, It's dreamy. It is dreamy. It is really, it's a really good piece of work. Like stuff just gets better and better. I'm not just saying that because I'm eight as well, but it does get really just like, yeah, really good stuff. Um, and I think he's got some other bits due to come, so keep watched that space. But you can go and buy the uh print right now from him, he's on Instagram, and just go to Ali Graphics and you can find it there,
1: right? I'll take keep- this plug. I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep on a note of um, um, merchandise then, because there's um, some Killer Clowns merchandise that's just been dropped on Fright Rags. Oh, I saw it. yeah. Fucking how now, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm. It's for our American contingent more than more than our UK, because obviously it's a it's a it's a US company. Um, so I don't know if anyone wants the import charge of what I've got for a couple of T-shirts. I don't know. How I, it's
0: I have ordered from Fright Rags before. Uh, yeah did get slammed with an import charge <laughs> i think it's just like whether you it's one of those things where you, i think you take gamble it is a real shame that they yeah. don't do any kind of free worldwide shipping now and again um because i probably spend most of my money on their <laughs> shirts because they're Yeah, <laughs>
1: these t-shirts look sick man so if anyone lucky enough to live in the states and get all over that shit that's
0: what right. we need we need somebody in the states that can buy it and send it
1: yeah if you are listening
0: yeah if you are in the states and you wouldn't mind posting uh, something for us uh yeah dm uh, we'll there's love a, you forever send
1: us an email <laughs> um okay there's also a lovely thing that um, mr geordie paul um brought to our attention in the week i'm not sure the release date of it but that rather sexy looking dawn of the dead um special edition
0: yeah i've known about it for a while um wasn't sure whether it's going to come out at all in the end. Um, does look really nice, 4K restoration, which it would be nice. Um, that's the only thing that probably pushes me to want to get it, because I'm just going to find myself buying it on every single format every time it comes out. Um, I've already got on about four different things already, but it does. However, it does look really nice
1: yeah i mean i've already price got a de- d-
0: price depending um you know it would be nice having a 4k restoration i've I mean. only
1: got a dvd so i might make a i might make a purchase
0: oh it's well worth you getting that then because it's just yeah if you're going to upgrade then you might as well splash out and get a nice box set because it is really nice
1: it looks lush man um right i got a couple more bits actually jesus christ oh, there was, we were there's a plethora of news mate it's nuts um, Bruce Willis um, is, is, and horror. Bruce Willis and horror. Um, this this is what I read on Bloody Disgusting earlier. Bruce Willis and Chad Michael Murray are due to star and, and direct uh, in director Matt Eschonard who did twelve foot twelve feet deep, um, in a basically a new home invasion thriller called Survive the Night, uh, which heads our way with an R rating. Uh, that promises violence bloody image uh, language um bloody images and language throughout uh lionsgate will digitally release it on the on the today may 22nd really if we can find that somewhere who knows eh
0: the old bruce willis straight to vod jobby (laughs)
1: yeah it's gonna
0: be class
1: yeah he's (laughs) he's getting into Nicolas cage territory um, and this is However, quite
0: Nicholas Nicolas Cage is done with all that because he's paid all his bills off, so he can pick some good stuff now.
1: This next bit of news will lead us on to our main our main review, which is quite nice. Ooh. Um, so Dave Franco is making his dire directorial debut with IFC's horror film The Rental, and it, this one is looks very interesting because it stars Alison Brie from Glow and Community and are oh, the Unicorn. Whatever it was called, Unicorn Store or something like that, is great, um, and it's got Dan Stevens in from the guest.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Stevens is quality.
1: Um, and obviously, they've just done this wicked creature feature, The Wretched, which we're about to talk about. IFC, so it'd be interesting to see what what this one's uh, this one's about. I checked the trailer out; it looks quite intriguing. Out on July twenty fourth, mm, so and it'd be coming to, to on on demand services basically on then. So that looks quite interesting. Um, other than that, thought I'd go for a list of new things that have popped up on Shudder and Netflix in the last couple of weeks um, that are worth a watch for horror wise. Last House on the Left just dropped on Netflix,
0: along which with a remake.
1: Uh, remake, not so, bad. Not worth not a bad. watch. Disturbia, the old Shia LaBeouf. Me. me. A bit of spying, <laughs> and uh, the weird, what we talked about last week. Um, nightmare on elm street but it's the new one which i've not seen so i don't know if i'm gonna watch it you've not
0: seen it don't bother Mm. next
1: (laughs) um next week uh monday so when on the day we released this podcast so if you're listening if you're listening now it'll be on netflix go and watch it (laughs) well wait an hour and a half then you know listen to to the rest
0: of the podcast and then
1: go and watch this because This is going to be fucking nuts. Snow the fucking TV series, is out fucking Monday, man. And when oh, I can't fucking wait.
0: The only thing that worries me about that Shut is. Shut up. Shut up. If Shut they up. do the series and then it just gets cancelled because not enough people watched it. And you know what you've got to be like. You've got, you've got, to, you know, you don't, if you're going to invest in something, it's got to be good. But, you know. We'll it's the
1: back in it. It's backed by the director in it, so that you know, and he's just off the back of doing, you know, is winning his Oscar. Eh, I think it's got potential, mate.
0: Yeah, anything's got potential when you get a big lump <laughs> of cash thrown at you. Hey ho!
1: <laughs> I think Jennifer Connelly is like heading up the role.
0: Yeah, she is.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's got some clout in it, mate. I like her. Yeah, we shall see. You know, she won't be doing the old. Um... <laughs> Dance,
0: magic dance.
1: no really, I was thinking more requiem from a dream.
0: Oh god! Like <laughs> horrible flashbacks there. A good clean cut image.
1: Yeah. All right. And on, and on that disgusting note, let's move on to our <laughs> <laughs> on our main review.
0: You're yeah. a wretched thing, you are. Oh, <laughs> very clever.
1: Right, This episode's main movie that we're talking about is The Wretched, rated 15, um, and it is about a defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents' imminent divorce, and he basically faces off against a 1,000-year-old witch who is belief, living beneath the skin of a possessed woman. dun Dum-dum-dum. dun Oh, mate. Right right is this the best horror movie you've seen so far this year
0: i'm gonna go straight off the bat here i'm gonna put all my cards on the table i fucking enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot me
1: too man uh from the initial opening title sequence it had me by the short and curlies cool and i don't know why i think it's it's from um i've got loads of reasons yeah i got yeah it's true director and it's Directed and written by the Pierce brothers, who did what they do before. One of them Deadheads. Remember that one? What's Not it? seen it. Looks no, a bit me neither. But great. I might go. And, I might go and watch it now because I really like the vibe of the title sequence. The music. I mean, it's twofold. It was sort of like, okay, what is this movie going to be about? Okay, I know that it's now set in the eighties, which is fashionable. Suddenly, but they didn't ram it down, down your throat because.
0: Well, it wasn't set in it initially after the first bit, was it? Well,
1: I was going to explain that, but it's fine. You took that away from me. It's all good.
0: Yeah, but this is why I want to touch on that because I was completely the other way with you when I first started watching it, and I f- watched that first five minutes. I was like, same old shit. <laughs> so I was See, I, the you, I knew
1: that, and I knew you would be. But you know what I'm like. If give me give me anything in the '80s, and I and it literally, I was down there you know, on my knees with my mouth open, just ready to just like soak it all in. That, that sounds, sounds so long man so i mean the so first, first like title sequence was all this rubik's cube and like those matchbox cars and like a, and it, etch- music, an etch-a-sketcher yeah and it was like oh yes and i was like oh matt is gonna hate this
0: <laughs> No, because i don't hate the stranger things uh series so i don't it's not that i hate it it's just like i don't want to be forced down my throat oh it's the 80s let's pull it your the heartstrings yet again nostalgia 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 and I and it really wasn't that that I thought oh here we go again it was the first opening scene spoilers we might spoil this but we are going to spoil this movie yeah okay. <laughs> um the opening scene was like in the cellar and a, a creature in the cellar with a with a snappy neck and like and, and i was like oh, here we go again i was like it's kind of all been done and as it went on it started to i was like i'm liking this this is good and like we'll get onto that in a bit yeah,
1: it's got a good production value man and the first fucking scene as matt's talking about is a fucking woman eating a kid you know we know that she's eating a fucking a child and there's blood and it's like yeah okay i'm happy with this and again I agree with you on the clicking thing, because the clicking thing and the little snaps and all that sort of stuff did kind of annoy me throughout the movie. Um, and the little gargles of sounds, because they're familiar, they're not new. They yeah. they're they're disconcerting, but they've been disconcerting for a fucking number of other movies. So I could kind of bin that one off. But our that the sounds and all the clickiness was overshadowed by the the actual story and the mythology and like i don't know just some of the the stares and the the actors it was really really interesting to watch really 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 um sort of a lot to take away from this movie to be honest
0: well you know i'm a bit of a sucker for like folklorey kind of like um which kind of like old school folklore stuff i love i like all that stuff so it started to kind of reel me in with the kind of witch stuff and I was like, what I really liked is kind of like the um, kind of shapeshifter stuff, where something comes in and it takes over someone. But I felt like the way they did it was really good, um,
1: quite original as well. I thought, like, um, because I don't think I can't I can't put my I couldn't put my pen on uh, anything to say where have they done like that level of like. Uh, body invasion it's like she's literally wearing the skin, and you can yeah. tell.
0: So, ba- basically, in a nutshell, it's a, about this young kid, teenage kid, that comes to live with his dad because his mum and dad are split up, and they move in. He moves in with his dad, which who lives in next door to a family, and the mother is out, and she hits a deer. Right? That's right, isn't it? She yeah, hits a deer. And she brings it back to the house and she wants to cook it and stuff. (laughs) And and this is the bit that I was like, that completely got my attention was the bit where she's thinking, I'm going to gut the deer. And then she kind of gives up because it's all like rotten and horrible inside. And then the fucking, some kind of fucking witch thing crawls out of the carcass of the um, deer, which I thought was fucking awesome.
1: A lush Yeah, yeah. Very, very well done. I was fucking quite all
0: over that. I've really seen that a lot. Um it's well, maybe quite... in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the, there was a really thing, a kind of creepy bit that creeped me out quite a lot was um there was a porch scene where you see the boy on the porch and then like literally in the background you it catches it and its eyes have lit up. It's a really cool, bit, really quick but usually i don't
1: like seeing what it is but in this instant that split moment that you got to see it when it was on the porch on the rail and he like saw it and in all its glory like this on the poster and it's like what the fuck was that i would genuinely got my hair stayed on end you know that moment i was like balls well you got me because mm-hmm. that was just i thought that was great and that with the deer scene and it, the production all over it and the symbol the symbols i was thinking blair witch and all this sort of shit again it's like fuck they've done it they've done it right you know i
0: like i like the kind of boy next door element as well it kind of like and i was banging on about nostalgia and stuff like that but it's kind of cool to see like the kid next door that no one believes and he's kind of like staking out the house to see what's happening it reminded me uh a bit of the old kind of 80s horror Oh well, yeah like
1: fright you could go you could like compare it to that sort of uh, yeah. like Fright night the oh, burbs like um even disturbia you know
0: That's <laughs> so, was there anything that you disliked about it
1: the the sound the the click the, the the sound the monster made the was too familiar and i couldn't put my finger on where i'd heard it before I still can't, but I've definitely heard that they've definitely. It felt like they reused audio from another kind of scary
0: One Japanese movie. <laughs>
1: like yeah, right. It was just. It was like the bone disc. You know, connecting. They seem to got too similar to something else, but it, it wasn't just that. It was the the noise that uh, it, it was very similar to the Japanese sort of like yeah. grudge and stuff like that. I don't know. I like um. Uh... That was the only holes that I could pick on it, like, really.
0: I, I thought, like, the actor that played the woman that got took over by the witch was really good. Yeah? Like, she she was really cool believable. The thing I didn't like, I wasn't too struck on, was the main guy, uh, main kid, Ben, the actual... I wasn't really convinced by him that much. Yeah,
1: the kid actors, you got John Paul Howard and Pippa Curd. I think they're both new. I, don't I think. Thought, was... I thought
0: she was really good. His friend, which was Ma- Mallory. Yeah,
1: She's she done...
0: I, she was really good. I thought she was kind of really a, a good supporting actor.
1: She's done bits and bobs. She's probably done more than him, but he was very just
0: like clean cut. I don't know. Forgive me for saying this, and it might be a bit wrong, but it just didn't seem. He just didn't seem. I don't know if this is wrong, but but poster boy enough. He didn't seem... He seemed a bit more... He's in Hell hell or High Water. Yeah, I know. Mm. But I don't know. As the film went on, I kind of likened to him a bit more, I think, as it went on. Because um, it got quite interesting.
1: Yeah, and he did... I think he is all right. He sold it enough. You know, he had a broken arm and there was some weird shit that was happening. There's stuff in there which I didn't even... Note until the end, and I'm—I don't know—I was like, blink and you miss it, sort of thing, because her powers, uh, you know, are weird. They like make you forget and stuff like that. So I'm like, what her
0: her um her kind of sex spell that she does? Yeah, on siren-esque or whatever she does. But I'm I just that's like... what she does. She puts him in a sex spell <laughs> <Right>. because <laughs> I... she does dirty with him, and the next day he's like uh he's like one of her
1: minions. Yeah, but you say that, but she didn't do the dirty with the main kid so he he was he'd forgotten so when they right i got mm, skipped 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 to the end ish all right i got this discuss this because what was there two kids in it two young two younger boys did so right because i didn't get this there was one that lived so okay the family okay hang on so the family with the woman whose skin's been taken over yeah yeah had yeah. a husband yeah had a baby
0: yeah
1: and a little boy
0: yeah that's as far uh, as i knew yeah
1: okay so he, in their family there was a it was his dad yeah and he had a brother correct yeah i didn't but we didn't did we see the brother that's no that's all... the whole point <laughs> right fuck so when did that all happen When? so <laughs> see, that fucking threw me i was like uh,
0: suddenly he remembers he's got a brother and i'm like well, that's the twist, isn't it? It's, what what happens is he's obviously adamant that she's a witch and that she's taking these children because she takes um his friend's little sister and she has no idea that she's got a sister. And he thinks, right, the witch has put a spell on her. Obviously, the husband next door, he goes and says, where's your son? He's like, I haven't got a son. What are you on about? So he's obviously had a spell put on him. And then the twist is, is that at some point around all this, he's had the spell put on him as well to make it look like he's forgot about his brother. Because that you see the reveal at the end, don't you? But we, never see,
1: but we never see the brother. Like, we don't see it on the bus. We do No, don't no, that's the whole
0: point. It's just that at the, at the end, when you see the photo, and it's his dad, his mum, and him, and then his brother. And I was like, I was like, hang on. I looked at the photo again on the screen because they held it for quite a while and I was like, who's that little kid? And then I was like, ah. So yeah, um, then you find out that he's actually got a brother and they do the flashbacks and stuff. So I, 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 I thought it was really clever.
1: I did. And fucking, it was, there was some proper good gore in it, like I thought, like throughout. And well, like...
0: The, the special effects, the practical effects couple of people a guy called eric pawn who's done quite a lot there's a guy called brian Ware, which has done uh work on scary stories stranger things mm-hmm. and Aquaman. man so um yeah so some proper good effects yeah
1: good effects team there mate and you know that was that was interesting and like when right at the end and stuff that when they're in the tr- in the tree um fucking she was munching on a kid's face
0: I did like this. I did, I did like that they weren't scared of the fact of actually killing kids.
1: Killing kids, killing babies, fucking wherever they want.
0: Yeah, they didn't show that, but yeah, it's like, and there's quite a, quite a big death rate. Um, a couple of good twists in there. Like there's the whole, um, the, his father's girlfriend gets taken over as well um, by a spell or the witch or whatever, which was quite a good little twist yeah and the fact that they were trying to claim that he was kind of like i had mental problems and they were going to put him away and stuff um it's a bit crazy um but yeah there's a couple of little bits like there's a bit of uh kind of a a weird bit where the that he's being taken to the um police station i was like how the hell is he gonna get out of this that was a bit weird um
1: yeah like the, the cop shoots himself yeah, yeah
0: like he's if he's the only cop and he's been arrested by him <laughs> who who the hell are they going to believe that killed this cop
1: yeah i know what you mean there's a bit but, uh, just a bit was, of a
0: loophole there but you know that's just me being a bit too realistic yeah.
1: but all yeah. in all man, all in all it was um it's grand and like even like people probably won't tell you the the, the twisty you know we just told you a big twist
0: there's but loads the, of twists yeah there's
1: loads there's loads to watch there's loads to keep up on um hope you've seen this movie and watched it and taken it in because it's fucking good man definitely worth a shout really good 100%. really good original monster movie and you say you know it's a creature feature because at the end of the day it's a witch but fuck me the witch was awesome
0: you could say it's a cult movie folklore movie like it's, it all goes in those categories doesn't it? yeah creature feature
1: they've done well with this one ifc so happy at that so that's why i'm looking forward to this the rental and stuff that and you know good caliber of actors i thought you know in it if it's a good starting point i don't know what else they've done as a production company but i might have to have a little have a little look at the back catalog now to be honest see which ones i've watched and see which one i haven't because it's good you know and another company another company
0: it's done really well as well it's apparently made 240k so far even in
1: lockdown like you know
0: that's just that's just obviously vod market wow so that's really that's really really good takings profit on that so (laughs) i don't know the actual um budget on the movie which would be interesting to know but the fact that it's only been out what like a couple of weeks and it's done 240k um it's pretty impressive
1: really really is yeah really, really interested to know um what you were? Uh, what you're going to rate this? To be honest, after that little chat.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to go probably about seven out of ten.
1: I was seven pushing eight, but again, yeah, it's I, like
0: I, it's pushing eight. But yeah, I think I'm I'm happy with a seven, but seven's still high. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's a high seven.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, almost an eight. Yeah. But yeah, teetering on the on the edge of an eight. Yeah, I mean, if we're not going well, to, see really any,
1: it. If we don't see any other movies in this year. You know, Quiet Place and all that. It could be in the top ten, but, but you know, we'll see.
0: Definitely worth going to spend a bit of cash on to rent it. Four or, pound forty nine. Yeah, or just wait for it to come out a physical copy if you want to wait that long. But it's definitely, definitely worth it. Definitely recommend from my point of view.
1: Yeah, definitely worth wasting an hour and a half of your life in lockdown on definitely not too not too long not too long so uh, yeah definitely the right length of a horror movie doesn't drag just gets it done <laughs> right then dude um, i suppose like we need to talk about so that's the draw on last breath seven out of ten but we will bring you news of what we'll be reviewing very soon because i've got a couple of irons in the fire at the moment uh, films that, some films that i need to check out and work out whether they are actually horror movies before we <laughs> before we review them so we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on that one um, but I, I would say go out and watch uh blood uh, if, if you can if you've got shudder you will like us go and watch a, go and watch a thing on there called blood machines because that might be what we invest in next episode but we shall see right Let's move on to our
0: something to scream about. So this week's something to scream about, we were very, 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 very lucky um, to have the chance to interview the amazing Travis Stevens. So here it is. I was very lucky to sit down and have a chat to producer, writer and director, Travis Stevens. He's produced such movies as Judah Dune, Starry Eyes, We Are Still Here, XX, 68 Kill, Mohawk and many many others and now you can catch his award-winning movie Girl on the Third Floor is out now so I was very lucky in having this chat with him. This house has a history of
2: bringing out the worst in people. Certainly creepy. What the hell is that? Promise me you won't say a word to Les about last night. You need to get out of here. Yeah, what was that? What? Please.
1: you've done with the place. I'm worried.
2: Stop! You want to help me? Nope. Don is the proud owner of what? The former house of ill repute.
1: You know when a woman doesn't like to be futzed with too much?
2: I don't want to see you here ever again.
1: Houses aren't that different, I guess
0: you want my advice get your husband and your baby far away from that house welcome to draw one last breath podcast um, we are honored to have on our show producer writer and director Mr. Travis Stevens, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, sir, how I'm are
0: good. you? Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly good during this lockdown craziness. So how, how's lockdown been for you so far?
2: It's been very productive. Uh, I spend a lot more time with my dog and that <laughs> makes her very happy. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, you know, it's crazy and and the what people, in different circumstances are having to deal with is like I feel terrible uh for me as a creative you know I this I'm doing what I would be normally doing anyways which is you know writing or you know doing calls so there hasn't been too much of a shift for me other than um checking in on friends and family a lot more
0: sure sure I mean how how do you think it will affect the process going on I mean obviously no one knows at the moment kind of uh, due to like release dates to movies and stuff like that. Um, how do you think it might affect the business going forward? Have you got any idea? I mean, could, yeah. could some positives come out of this?
2: It's it's a good question. I'm actually participating in a, in a panel this weekend for a film festival on that very subject because mm-hmm. from the studio level to the micro budget level, like how people are navigating this is really interesting. Um, so I was on a, a call with a with a studio executive today who said they think this is going to open up an opportunity for more smaller budget uh, movies that don't require quite the number of cast and crew that like a normal studio movie would. So in their mind, they think, Hey, we might start seeing some more of those, you know, whatever, 10 million, 15 million dollar horror movies that we used to we used to see. Um, one of the, the women who's going to be on our panels just shot a movie. Uh, I think it might have been in Iceland on an island with like 15 cast and crew. It was two cast members and 15 crews. So it's going to be really interesting to hear her experience, what that was like. Um So, yeah, I mean, everybody's wondering and, you know, especially on the independent side where you don't, you're trying to put every dollar on screen to, you know, quarantine somebody for two weeks and pay them for that time. And that's not ending up on the screen. Like economically that doesn't really make sense for a lot of like lower budget movies. So I don't have an answer, but I'm really excited to see how other people are navigating it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I'm really hoping, like you touched on, um, I've had various conversations with people when it's like this could be a chance for a lot more genre-based movies, um, possibly that people might not have, have got to see on the on the big screen, and it gives them the opportunities um, to kind of get in there and pe- maybe you know broaden people's horizons with different genres of types of movies instead of just massive blockbusters every five seconds. So fingers crossed on that one
2: yeah, um, and I hope that people are reading a lot more now. And mm-hmm. so maybe in this downtime, because it, like so much of the industry is based on getting a project to the next stage, you know, towards production, towards mm-hmm. release, that you know that sort of got put on pause. i'm I'm hopeful maybe we're going to get some even better movies because they've had a little extra time to work on the script or mm-hmm. push it into something really unique and interesting um so yeah
0: yeah it is good for the creative skills um i bet loads of people just knuckled down and got creative and, and yeah use this time positively um various people again that i've chatted to have just been able to yeah work on their projects more kind of fight think of new ideas and, and edit and stuff like yourself so it's good downtime for those people hopefully um i want to kind of go back kind of a while back and and what was kind of life like for you growing up in vermont
2: Thank you for asking that. I I think it was like, I mean, anybody's childhood sort of defines them, but, like, I think of my experience as a kid being in the woods where you had to entertain yourself. This is before the internet, you know. Like, that sort of learning how to, to you know, use your imagination to sort of fill your day with adventure, like, that is Exactly what being a filmmaker is, you know, and I think it was like a huge impact on on why I do what I do. So, I mean, you know, whether it was playing, um, you know, like the Alamo or GI Joe or anything, you're you're just out in the woods building forts, uh, you know, with a couple of pals, and you're just having these wild adventures. So that's what it was a lot and then um eventually skateboarding came into the picture oh, and cool. music and then you know it was like oh i guess i need to move to the city because the one downside to vermont is there's not a lot of concrete and not a lot of music venues so
0: what what um what sort of music did you listen to when you were growing up like when you're into the skate scene kind of quite big
2: yeah i mean that changed it but like my first cassette tape that I owned was Don Johnson's heartbeat. <laughs> so, oh, not very cool. <laughs> like, but I just like cool. so yeah, that really loved aha Falco. Like just like real pop, like uh, with good melodies. And and then slowly was like, oh what what is this? The sex pistols? This is great and the clash and oh, that sort of
0: just opens up so many different avenues. It's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. So kind of obviously um, w- with you doing a lot of genre, a lot of horror comes into your genre and your movies and stuff. What was your first kind of memory of horror? Uh, you know, your first ever con- that you can remember?
2: Well, my first memory, like literally my first memory of being alive uh, was looking through the vent in the back of, my parents' van at a drive-in movie screen while they watched something. I was supposed to be asleep in the back, but I remember opening it up and just staring out. And to this day, I haven't figured out exactly what the movie was. I believe it was the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, oh, wow. uh, the same version, just based on the flashes of images I had. So that was my first memory. The In Vermont... We watched, uh, I think it was Friday the 13th, uh, part two, or maybe part three, when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 at a friend's house. And I had to walk home through the woods to my house. And my house was had a yard. So there was about, I was in the woods and I was scared. But the scariest part of that walk was being at the edge of the woods and have, knowing there's this big open space before the house. And I was like, this is, I think I'm safe, but now is when he's going to get me. And so, like, that just fucking, I think, defined, like, every time I was in the woods, I was just like, Crystal Lake, this is exactly what it's like. So.
0: Yeah, especially that part when you get to the door and you're trying to get the key in the in the door. You know yeah, it's, something's up. And your heart's racing. Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) So kind of moving on, um, what kind of put you down the path to to, to decide to be a kind of a producer uh, and and kind of form Snowfall Pictures, you know, to become what you are today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to make stuff. So when I was younger, whether it was high school or college, like I was painting and taking photographs and you know, making uh, skate movies. So it was just constantly making stuff and, and went to went to college to get a degree in filmmaking. And I just assumed then you moved to Hollywood and you have a degree in filmmaking and somebody hired you to make films. And sure. it was like, oh wait, that's not how it works. And it took a long time to sort of figure out like how a movie actually gets made. And and for me that was uh, sort of foreign sales and domestic sales, which is these companies that sort of, you know, sell the project to the distributors who were going to put it out around the world and piece that money together to help finance it. Like that was like, oh, okay, this is how the ecosystem works. And so even though I had moved to LA to like be a filmmaker that was the, the next step for me was, was producing because I understood how to sort of put money together and get the movie released uh, in a way that would pay the investors back. Mm. Uh, but all along, you know, it was like super collaborative with all the filmmakers. Um, so artistically it was satisfying. Uh, and then eventually I was like, well, I'm getting pretty old. I better get back to the original goal of you know being a filmmaker
0: filmmaker oh i'm glad you did glad you did so kind of what sort of main things uh, do you look for when seeking out content for snowfall pictures because obviously i I was looking at your roster with like the endless which is absolutely superb you've got films like xx mohawk uh we are still here there's there's so many different aspects and and such good story content and and you know character driven stuff um, what sort of stuff do you look for when when you're kind of like seeking out your stuff is it the fact that you get scripts thrown at you and, and kind of things like that and you seek that out what what do you look for for snowfall pictures
2: i think for me it's mostly the personality of the the filmmaker okay and that everything comes from that um, I don't really have the bandwidth to read tons of scripts and and mm-hmm go about it that way but you know if i meet a filmmaker at a festival or if i see a film that really impresses me and have a conversation with that filmmaker and there's a sort of a creative uh, adventurousness to them then that's what intrigues me
0: Do do you find like going to a lot of the film festivals is one of the best ways like seeing premieres of films and like and like obviously meeting the people that make this content would you say that's kind of the the best thing you you get out of it one of the best yeah
2: yeah because you're 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 in an environment where that's celebrating the art form and you get introduced even if uh, a person doesn't have a film at the film festival or they've never made a film the conversation you have in that environment can be so much more passionate than just a a random, you know, coffee shop meeting of somebody who happens to be in town. Um, You know, I think at least for me, meeting people at festivals and then following them on social media and getting a sense of their personality based on what type of content they post, all that in a very organic way. Uh, gives you a a better picture of somebody's taste and somebody's interest and somebody's personality than just here's the synopsis do you want to make this movie so so for me that's that's been really what's dictated a lot of the the pursuit of a project is just sort of getting a vibe of a person and going it does this interest me as an artist and do i find what this person's trying to do interesting you know because my job is to help them accomplish their their goal so
0: yeah totally understand i, li- I like the fact that you use the word organic as well because um that's what uh, my, my podcast and everything that we've grown it it's all been organic i i'd never want to use any kind of like um kind of like robots to kind of seek out followers it's just it's so much better having organic and organic feel to it and um Getting a real kind of taste for what things are about. So you've hit the hair, the nail on the head there, which is great. Which is great.
2: Well, oh, I yeah. think it's important for for especially for genre, where at least for, for my personal feeling is there's so much um, like the nostalgia aspect of it dictates so much of what this sort of genre is meaning our love of the classic movies define so much of the the aesthetic and the, and the sort of uh, artistic uh, ambition of new movies sure. that you can, I think with the podcast, with, with websites, with, with, with magazines, unless people are really, Actively trying to push things forward in new interesting ways and in really naturalistic ways we can fall into a trap of everything being pretty uh, Like a, a conformity So sure. you, you know what I mean and and, and Sometimes that's what I've, I feel like where it's like everybody's wearing the same type of t-shirt Everybody's got the same poster on the wall. Everybody's got the same top five horror movie of all time listen and and Anything we can do to sort of grow beyond that and put a little more naturalism and in, in, in like originality into it, I think is going to end up resulting in better genre movies uh, moving forward. So, yeah, I think that organic aspect of not just you know having a checklist of, of, of what a thing should be.
0: I count my numbers
2: very well but yes more organic more weird more like like just naturalism
0: (laughs) i love that because it kind of reminds me of kind of early 80s stuff where people did start pushing the boundaries with that stuff and and, and everything was so you know you have weird movies coming out left right and center really interesting stories but it's kind of finally i think that's coming back to light now uh, especially in the more recent times which is really good and people want to seek out that content which is great yeah. Um, um i would love now to talk about starry eyes because i i love that movie um i watched it and i was just like blown away and it's just like crazy how the storyline reflects what's going on to, in today's society um and it's almost it was almost kind of like predicting stuff in a in a weird kind of way um can you tell me what it was like producing on on starry eyes and, and you know the day-to-day stuff with that
2: yeah i mean so again uh I had met Dennis Woodmer on Twitter because I was watching uh, UFC fights and had just said, "Hey, I'm at this bar watching a fight. If anybody wants to roll by," and so he, I met him in person for the first time based on a tweet, uh, and so we got to know each other. And when that the original script came in, the 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 concept of you know a woman who sells her soul for success was there but in very very arch like almost like a 1960s style way where uh, her transformation into this uh, glamorous starlet you know and we actually it carried all the way through later stages of the script and even during production there were some aspects to it that once we were in the edit bay we were like we need to tone this down a little bit because it is, feels a little too cartoonish. But I, I think on that, everybody can relate to that idea of how far are you willing to go to accomplish your goals. And we just tried to use that as, a, as, a, as the, the sort of compass through the story and never lose sight of everybody in that movie is doing what they think they need to in order to accomplish their own goals. And so a lot of the development on that was balancing each of the characters, surrounding her with characters that could sort of amplify that that theme. Um, and then Dennis and Kevin had found Alex uh, before I got involved. And she's just incredibly intelligent, brought so much of this sort of ferociousness of that character to not just to her performance, but even to the script stage where she's like, you know, you should check out this movie and check out this movie. So like a true collaboration there.
0: Um, yeah, she is outstanding. Totally yeah. outstanding. Standout performance.
2: We um, were lucky enough to get a, a, a camera team that's gone on to do like the, all the chef's table, like Netflix series, like just really artistic, talented, uh, uh, people and so the movie had a look it had some style the the special effects were great and yeah we we had a lot of fun i mean it was a it was a very low budget movie hmm. uh i think not much more than three hundred wow. uh, thousand dollars to make it um and uh yeah we shot it all and cut it for a long time and in the test screening stage Got we we thought we were done with the movie. And then at one final test screening towards the end, as everybody's getting their jackets to go, like one person said, well, there was one thing that bothered me. (laughs) And and that led to this discussion where we really were like, fuck, we need to rethink how this movie ends. And so it it really, uh, one of the, it was such a valuable lesson. To be like, what you have in your head and what ends up on the page and what you end up shooting and what you end up cutting, that doesn't need to be the movie. A movie can be flexible all the way until it's released. Uh, and it, to have that understanding of like, it's our decision was like, really like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, we can just go and shoot the last, whatever, we shoot the last 15 minutes of this movie. No problem um
0: so yeah a great experience no, it's a, a great movie um like i i i only saw it like probably uh about a year ago um okay. and I, I i totally missed it and and i've just heard nothing but good stuff and i was totally blown away by it. absolutely sm- smashing storyline and like you said the effects are just out of this world um brilliant stuff. yeah so what was the transition like? Obviously you did tons of kind of uh uh producing and writing and, and and going on to the directing side of things. Obviously you you trained in that originally. Uh what was the trans- transition like? was it hard for you or
2: the transition wasn't difficult in the ways I expected it to be, but it was difficult in some in some other ways, meaning I think it really opened my eyes to how I was failing as a producer because my understanding of what it is like to be in that position of a director totally changed and and made me appreciate totally different aspects of of what a producer should be doing um that's not to say there isn't stuff for me to learn as a director but I think my immediate thing was like like I was comfortable on set I was comfortable articulating ideas to the crew and and, and all that stuff but the amount of pressure you are feeling in a, in a, each moment while making a movie as the director really uh, I don't think people really fully understand even people who are supposedly on your team uh, so it's definitely changed my approach towards producing uh, significantly the, and the other thing is I think from producing, you're sort of sometimes looking at a movie uh, from the outside in, meaning I want to make a haunted house movie. I want it to have this type of stuff and a blah, 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 blah. But, you know, a storyteller has got to be from the inside out Where who are these characters? Mm -hmm. Uh, What do they need to go through? What sort of scenes need to need to be there in order for them to go through that? And then you end up with with what the movie is. Uh, And it's something that I'm still, I think, learning how to navigate. You know, it's fine to be like, oh, yeah, I want a good five-minute scare sequence where a character comes into the room and at the end of it, this happens. But finding out how to make that exciting and scary uh, is a different thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So, Girl on the Third Floor was based on a book. Is that right? Is that correct? Based on a book? Nope. But,
2: I'll, yeah, we could, st- no, I've heard so many strange uh, uh, whatever whatever's on Wikipedia or, or stuff. There's so much misinformation about.
0: Yeah, because I thought that was weird. When I read it, I was like, I'm sure it's not based on any kind of
2: book. Yeah, it's, uh, there's an actual house in, uh, outside of Chicago that is haunted in real life. And so the film takes the local legend of the house that it used to be a a brothel and that there's two female ghosts in there, Sadie and Sarah. And it uses that as a starting point to tell the story that the the film does. Um, So it, the house sits across the street from a church. And when you're in the house, enough of us had experiences that felt supernatural that I would say, yeah, no, I believe it's haunted. Well, um,
0: the house is unbelievable uh, in this movie. Absolutely brilliant. um, When you first saw the house and actually got to location, what did it feel like that first day seeing it?
2: It felt exactly like the opening scene in the movie. I I said, if we're going to film an actual haunted house movie in an actual haunted house, I don't want to change anything about the house I want to honor this house as is so all that wallpaper and all those room colors and and everything that you see when when Don goes into the house for the first time except for the mirrors that is the way the house looks Um, so yeah, I I think uh, for me a lot of it was honoring the actual house itself and then creatively finding gags that we could do within that space that uh would utilize sort of what was there
0: did you actually film in the house or did you make a hole in here? you filmed on yep. location
2: yeah so wow. there was plenty of times in it where you're just like you know whatever you hear a knock on the other side of the wall or a door pops open while you're looking at it and all of it. Maybe it's old house, lots of people in it, you know, the house is moving a little bit. So a door pops open, but enough of it happened where we were just all like, well, something's going on here. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but that seemed to, I don't know if the, if the movie itself explains that this was a real haunted house enough but in interviews like this, you know, creatively, that was one of the most interesting things for me as to, like, how do you – what if you film the Amityville horror in the actual house that it took place in? Like, that seemed interesting.
0: Well, that, that certainly comes across in the movie because um, the house is, oh. like, one of the main characters. I just think that it completely – the way it's shot is just beautiful and, and just the way the house just exudes all this – just presence in the movie it's just fantastic um which leads me on to kind of like obviously it's you use mostly practical effects pretty much all the way throughout the movie now how important was it for you to have practical effects
2: yeah and i i I just think it's a lot easier for everyone Mm. the actors have something to react to and engage with you visually get to see the thing so it's not like deep into editing, do you realize this is lame? If it's lame, you see that it's lame and you can maybe do something about it. Uh, and and yeah, there's the artistry to pulling gags off is like one of the things I love about filmmaking. It's like magic tricks. and and obviously Dan is an incredible illusionist. So
0: amazing. I was, I was just like, obviously we've had him on the previous podcast and I could have talked to him all day about it. It's just so interesting. And those, those effects are just fantastic. It's just like, it just brought me back to just the old days, but it was just everything looks so real. It just looks so great.
2: Yeah. He's so good at that. And I think, you know, you can, the more you work with that stuff, you can start writing scenes that you can pull off at the budget. And I have done so many genre films, you know, at the script writing stage, it's not like I wrote something, figure out how to make it happen. It's sort of like we're like, OK, well, we know we can knock that wall down and stick a, a tube in there and shoot stuff out of it. And you know what I mean? So you, it's this combination of, of like uh, uh, imagination and like practicality that you start to get over time. Um, But yeah, it certainly helps when you have somebody who's like, I know exactly how to pull that gag off. Mm,
0: Definitely. I mean, were you you surprised how good it was? I mean, did it kind of make you think, wow, like I can pull this off. This is, this just looks fantastic.
2: I think when Dan sent the video of the marble under the skin, I was just like, because I'd seen uh, other movies that friends had made where they'd done similar ideas with CG. And so in the back of my mind, I was just like, yeah, that'll be a whatever. And when he sent that little video, I was just like, I, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it would ever be that good. And so, Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. So um, Phil Brooks is in the movie, uh, better known probably in, in the world as CM Punk. Um, he's fantastic. How, how did you go about casting him? Was this, was this like a usual kind of, did you have several guys you wanted to play Don? Or?
2: We, yeah, we had a list of, of guys, and, and he was on the list early because my uh, producing partner on this one, Greg Newman, had heard about Phil from Bobcat Goldflake. Because Bobcat had said, Hey, I work with uh with this guy, CM Punk, on uh the Mark Marin show, and I think he'd be great for this project I'm trying to get going. And uh, Phil CM Punk lives in Chicago, and because this was a, a real movie in a real location, we wanted it to be a real authentic Chicago movie to try to cast as many people from there as possible. So uh, Phil was on the list early and you know the character wasn't Quite written that that way but in thinking about it and being like well what would uh, a david beckham guy be like you know this a sort of finance bro who's got like a bunch of tattoos and it was sort of like oh well this is interesting in a different way and so uh as soon as we spoke with phil it was like oh yeah this is great because he's incredibly smart and has such a good work ethic and that's like so important when you're going on an adventure with somebody it's like can i rely on this person and are they going to show up and do the work and yes and he yeah he's really fucking talented so
0: yeah i mean that 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 comes that comes through in the performance because it just seems like he just ate up everything and just become that character which it was so believable and and what's interesting about a movie without no spoilers is that you you love hate the character as well you kind of like him and then you despise him but then you're kind of on his side and it just takes you through all these emotions which is great um and he nails it every time it's really really good i'm looking forward to seeing more from him for definite um but i gotta say the dog the dog steals the show
2: yeah it, and again the, do, the dog had never acted before so we were just like you know at the script stage i was like oh we'll just you know, I'll bring my dog. It'll be fine. We'll make that it work. your dog. No, it wasn't. We f- actually found a local dog who just was so uh, a, a local trainer, but not for like movies or anything, just like a dog trainer who was like, "I think I have a dog that'll work." And yeah. That's right. was incredible.
0: The, the dogs in movies, they just elevate a movie by 10%, I reckon for me. Uh, the brilliant every every movie should have a dog excellent um i want to ask about the music as well and how the hell did you get steve albini to do the track
2: again another chicago guy
0: yeah i knew he's from chicago but that that's a catch that's that's
2: awesome yeah i mean i I, when i was writing the script at a certain point i thought about oh you know it'd be kind of funny is uh you know it's a chicago movie to to have the uh end credit song be uh, Bad Penny by Big Black, because thematically it sort of lines up. And so I wrote that into the script. And then it just sort of, I was like, why don't I reach out and just see if he'd be interested in doing this? You know, because, you know, the band Shellac wasn't touring. And I was like, "Eh, just see. Because in my head, I was like, yeah, maybe he'll do like a super noisy, you know, sort of, you know, abstract score. And so I wrote him, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, totally." And then the score that they came up with it was so much more emotive and and uh, like melodic than I ever anticipated. And it was just like, "Holy shit!" Thank you.
0: <laughs> That's superb. I, I can't believe that That's, it's just such a great um, soundtrack. Uh, I was looking online, and they do it on LP, and I was like, "It's, it's got to be a purchase for definite." Looks beautiful. Sure. Okay, i got to say congratulations on the Chainsaw Award as well. That that was fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, and I'm so grateful. That, uh, so thank you to everyone who voted. And, uh, yeah, I'm really fucking – you know, this is Fangoria, man. Yeah, man.
0: That's like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 like I said before to people, it's like, I read Fangoria growing up, and to, to, it must be such a such it must have been such a great day when you found out it's just like where where were you when you found out
2: i was in uh the kitchen we were in production yeah uh, and i was with the special effects makeup team on my new movie the three of us were living together and uh yeah just watched it and freaked out and uh, (laughs) i had a beer so it was good that's
0: awesome it's brilliant i got to ask you this before you go, because I don't know if this is true or not, but I was looking at I was like, please make this be true, that you've actually been in Starship Troopers.
2: I am in Starship Troopers, yes. Awesome. It was, uh, you yeah, know, when I first moved to L.A. and didn't know anything about anything and couldn't get any work, I was like, well, I want. how do I get onto a film set? So I, I signed up to be background. and oh, okay. Uh, so the way it would work is you would sort of call in each day and they'd be like oh, they need some firemen uh, so go and show up at this place uh, and so yeah I got to uh, I was in Jingle All the Way with, uh, awesome. with Schwarzenegger and, but the, the Starship Troopers one was like holy shit because I had uh, Paul Verhoeven yelling at me in one scene for just fucking it up fucking the shot up and i was like oh you're yelling at me oh, oh, God. Wow.
0: that's <laughs> that awesome that's really cool so what, what's next what's next for you what, what's coming up
2: uh i'm in post-production on a uh movie called jacob's wife uh starring barbara crampton and larry fessenden uh and yeah barbara had um sort of found this project years ago and said, this is going to be my, I want to produce this film. I want this to be like uh, uh, one of my first sort of like movies that I've made. And I read the script and was like, yeah, I think, I think this would be good. So we've been working together on that uh, with a company called Amp Films that are based out of the UK. Uh, So yeah, editing that now and and writing the next ones. So
0: nice Ah, oh, can't wait for that i really can't it's, it's I'm, i've been looking forward to it already so uh, the, well, the more think- content the better i'll just I, you know we wish you all the luck because it's just we're, we're really looking forward to more content from you for that's for sure and Andrew, and well, and company
2: well if you uh are fans of practical effects you're gonna be in for a treat with this new movie oh because-
0: really oh we are we are massive Massive physical yeah. effects, fans. So and thanks for being on, Travis. Really, really appreciate you doing this and taking time out, and especially at a time like this.
2: Yeah, man. But this is what the world needs right now. It's like good talks and uh, and uh passion. So thank you so much for having me on.
1: Well, mate, he sounds like a fucking really, really nice guy. Sounds like he had a really, really good chat.
0: Yeah, he did. He was such such a nice guy to chat to. Such a breath of fresh air. Really, really thankful for him chatting to us and taking the time out um, because I, I would love to get more people on. Um, but yeah, it was just such a pleasure to chat to you. I mean, we chatted for about, you know, another 15 minutes after we recorded um, just about stuff we were watching and things like that. And he's just such a down-to-earth, really nice guy. And I love I love his work work ethic as well. Mate,
1: hey, you're getting really good at this. You know, getting a bit of a natural. Maybe you're going to have to... Up, you know start up your game. i know we got we got a special coming out um this soon which is going to be very interesting for you guys like a bit of extra content Woo-hoo! watch this mm-hmm. space um but um yeah you've been busy be, matt's been busy on lockdown Get about all these see. horror movies he's chatting to people fingers in pies <laughs> that's not why only fingers <laughs> right then let's move on to our moving from the vault
0: let's do it based on a serial killer Henry Lee Lucas the film follows Henry and his roommate Otis who Henry introduces to murdering randomly selected people the killing spree depicted in the film starts after Otis's sister Becky comes to stay with them good good synopsis mate <laughs> good old DB. Um, that made me fa- I mean I
1: wow I don't know where to start this first of all I say thanks to John for picking it I, yeah. I must admit um, I, I, I knew about this movie but I've never seen it.
0: Well, we both haven't, have we? No, so I mean... It was, it was interesting to hear, because I really didn't think... I thought he was going to pull out an 80s classic, if I was honest.
1: This is an 80s classic. This is well, in the... They talk no, about this in Search of Darkness. But they classic. talk about this in Search of Darkness. It's no, mentioned
0: there. I'm not... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's not worth of what a pick, but I was thinking that he was going to go down the route of uh, uh, a standard kind of like not saying that that's what john would have picked but it was good that he picked something really interesting that we both hadn't seen rather than a nightmare on arm street you know part two or a friday the 13th or a halloween or a, you know something like that that's I what think I'm this is
1: a, yeah i agree i think this is a really intelligent pick um and it's sort of the fact that we both haven't seen it it was fucking exactly what i want from like moving from the vault it's a new one that I get to experience, and I fucking respect that. Um, I mean, what we're talking about is this movie stars like a young Michael Rooker and Tom uh, Tules, unfortunately, the late Tom Tules. Um, and it's uh, from 1986, and it's just such a unique and interesting movie that sort of like if you – it doesn't – to me, it doesn't fall – within the 80s trope of horror movies to me i if i wouldn't if i this was like this is what i think i said to john i thought it was like early 90s yeah i could i could have put that in an early 90s almost like basket case basket case early 80s where i thought that was almost like a 70s movie this one felt could have easily been 90s but
0: fuck me I i think that was due to the 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 time that it came out because i think it was shot in what 86 and it didn't come out till 89 so that's probably why um really it's got 86 on it it didn't come back out till later didn't didn't actually come out properly till 89 wow to that later all right okay so that's why that's why initially i think i might have said it on the last pod to john that i thought it was early 90s
1: so yeah we're learning some stuff here there people we're learning some stuff Mm. i like learning two young
0: boys Learning.
1: Right, let's go for the death count. The death count in this movie that I counted, and I might have missed them because there were so fucking many, um, but I counted 14. Yeah. All right? Overall, a a plethora of, like, different ways of killing, from strangling to bottles to the face. I mean, fuck me. A lot of times you don't see the killing. You see, like, the aftermath. There's a really, really weird and intriguing start, like, with the music and you sort of saw victims didn't you um mm. and every victim was just done in this really fucking brutal way mean, that woman with the bottle in her face i couldn't i couldn't look at it and go uh, figure out like how she'd actually been killed it's like it was so bizarre
0: and there's one there's one in the toilet as well which is freaking yeah. visceral oh, so
1: there's a lot of like it, hard to watch scenes in this movie um and it's got a, like a couple of random abuse stories so it sort of goes into the sort of reasoning i guess behind why you do these things and stuff like that but you don't really know do you well, henry's very, henry's very m- mischievous
0: well the thing is that i went into this thinking um that it was going to be like Kind of by the the title of it, Henry, portrait of a serial killer. I thought it was going to be possibly like a cat and mouse game, kind of where the cops were trying to track down a serial killer, or it was going to focus around Henry, which was a serial killer, uh, um, uh, you know, going around killing people, um, kind of like a POV type thing. I wasn't quite sure what to expect because I've, I to be honest, I've I've never seen any trailers. I've seen it on the racks I'd say when I was a kid and stuff like that but I've never I've never ever kind of picked it up and actually watched it and no one's really recommended it to recommended it to me which is like kind of strange um but obviously it's not out and out horror um so maybe that was one of the things why I didn't pick it when I was, was younger more,
1: yeah it's more of a sort of tr- I want to say true like horrific thriller sort of thing but then it has like when you like put you put you you could easily put this in the sort of bracket to say last house on the left you know those sort of really disturbing sort of imagery films like almost like um sexploitation
0: movie it's definitely an exploitation movie for definite um but i want to know whether this is one of uh a favorite of old rob zombie I was
1: going to ask you exactly the same, and I thought I'm op- I was open for your last facts.
0: A Otis. Yeah. Rings a bit of bows but-, but there's a lot of scenes in this where I'm like, wow, that looks like Rob Zombie's ripped that out of this movie now. That's like some possible bits.
1: I totally agree. And also the fact that he used Tom um, Tules in, like, as the um, uh, deputy, it was a deputy, wasn't he? In mm-hmm. the first one, and then mm-hmm. in the callback. So, you know, Squally. that was one of the. It he's it got to be. Be, isn't it? totally. He's, uh, I think, he's got a thing for that movie, and I think there's a reason why, because it's just Michael Rooker is brilliant.
0: Let let us get on to Rooker, and then we'll get on to Ois. <laughs> um, so Rooker, what 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 did you think about his performance? Outstanding. I, I mean, I think he's fucking.
1: I I got a lot. Like I, the first time I saw him was More Rats. You know, that was obviously a different kind of <laughs> yeah classic rocker yeah classic rocker sliver you know he's a fucking sleazebag he plays a great sleazebag but in this one although he was fucked up he wasn't he was psychopathic and very <laughs> i thought very i'm, not, I'm gonna say i don't know i'm gonna say subtly so you mm. know quite calm in his kid Dude. but but at the same time there were like moments of you know mania so it's like he he, he fit that bill of psych, psychopathic behavior very very well i thought and the way that he sort of drags in oh so it's i didn't expect that storyline i thought i thought what well, he's going to be a solo surely he's going to be a solo killer that's what it's all about it's about him i didn't expect and maybe i am read the synopsis maybe it's in there but obviously what you've just read but I didn't know that Otis was gonna be drawn in to it. I was expecting um him just to be the you know, to hide be hid hiding all. But when he got him involved, I was like, Who's worse? Who's fucking worse out well, of the
0: two? This, this is the thing, I was like, I've not known any of the facts of what it's actually based on because it's based on a real kind of serial killer that's claimed they've killed absolutely loads of people. Um that it's really strange. But this is why, yeah, it's like the fact that he he's a serial killer, but the fact that he's got an accomplice as well is even more weird because you don't expect that. It then it becomes
1: a bit not I wanna say Lauren and Hardy, but in a in a in a sick, twisted, very House of a Thousand Corpses devil reject sort of way, the way they go about their killing is sort of like so nonchalant i mean isn't it like just like yeah. we're sort of fucking killing people <laughs> you know Or oh, how do you want to do it oh, i'm gonna do it this way you know and it's like taking fucking uh video camera around with them it's like you're not hiding who you are he he's a bit more cautious obviously the henry character he's but donkey otis he ain't got a freaking clue and he's got why you have you got this idiot around with you and like that scene in the house with the two, with the mum and dad, and then the, when the kid comes well, in.
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's the home invasion, the, ma- the, the major kind of talking point. I think of this movie is the home invasion bit, where it's yeah, it's all like it's literally shot through a, a video camera, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that's quite disturbing. And I was thinking to myself when I was watching it that this this is making me feel gross one but two is just like it's, it looks so fucking real it looks and i'm like great, that yeah. actor them actors in that scene i was like for that time mid 80s to film that m- must have been a bit weird a bit I
1: strange i fucking agree it was just it was like
0: because was full-on because well. what otis was doing in that for an actor to say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. That's cool. We can do a bit of that. Smart. Yeah, yeah. That's what, like when you're reading that, I mean, it, it makes me think kind of like the guy that played that was, was, was some of that scene ad lib or what did they say? Like, did they say to him, like, go, go for it. Um, what, what was the direction? Like, it's just, yeah, it was, it was, it just made me feel really, really disturbed i felt disgusting um it felt really fucking real
1: yeah i haven't felt that way since like watching because it was real serbian film man
2: um, you know what i mean it was
1: like we we could have if i'd known about this movie we could have picked it up and watched it with like on our like uh, hot dog and horror night because this was
0: fucked i didn't up, think man. it was gonna be that fucked up i nah. thought it'd be like <laughs> you know um but don't you think I was gonna, I thought it was going to be like Maniac style.
1: I, I agree. That's what I'm
0: thinking. Eighty six. People love slashers, but it was. It wasn't a slasher. This wasn't a slasher. This was like. This was like. I don't. I don't even. I didn't even feel like it was trying to get behind. The the reasoning. I think the weird thing about this, and this is why oh. it made me feel so weird, is the fact that there's no explanations there's no actual through and through storyline and it, 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 it it's just i have no idea where it was going or what, what was going to happen apart from one bit but it's just so strange
1: yeah like, it was moments and i kind of like that because i you know not liked it but i i, I kind of appreciated the art if i want to, go to R2, Uh, but i appreciated the fact i appreciated it from an artful perspective like that's why i had to kind of had to kind of take myself out of the movie because Mm. fucking hell and like going right i'm actually going to watch this and try and critique it otherwise it's just going to be fucking like i'm not going to sit here and enjoy it because fuck but it's just that there was just elements of it that were like yeah they're killing people and yeah it's fucked up and they're doing it in this really fucked up way but they were sort of so bungling and Otis was like Henry on his own may have may have been it might have been even more sinister, but Otis just made it like that sort of person can't exist in this world, can it?
0: and made it backward,
1: yeah because well. so then
0: apparently, he's like, apparently apparently I me mean, I read a little bit up after the 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 Otis character was like that. he was very very strange and and kind of like. I mean, they, they both apparently weren't very kind of education, educated um, and stuff like that.
1: Let's talk about the Otis character. Come on, let's get it. I mean, <laughs> you weirdo. He, he's got his that, I, it sister. Took, it took me a long time. It took me quite a while in the movie. to. I don't know if I missed the beat, but to figure out that that was his sister. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know their relationship until it was like spelled out to me. And I was like, "What are you doing? You're trying to kiss your Are you trying to kiss your sister? Are you trying to watch her undress? Are you trying to are You interested in your sister? I mean, I know that app. I know it goes on in the world, was but his you...
0: real sister or half sister? Oh man, I, I didn't did I, I... Did I missed something because i I think I'm pretty sure it's his sister because she obviously is is leaving leaving her child behind and coming to the sea to earn some money so she's staying with otis which is her brother but i didn't know whether i missed something maybe it was her half-brother or something but anyway regardless yeah freaking weird
1: he tries to kiss her and henry's like he's almost like do that he's 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 got a line and even henry's got a fucking line um and he, thought, you know, at the end he catches a raping, you know, that, that horrible fucking scene where he's sort of raping his sister and it's like, fucking it out. you
0: know, Ooh. as soon as he goes, like, to Otis and Becky, he goes, do you want anything from the shop? To, like, oh yeah, I want some cigarettes. I'm going to get some cigarettes. And as soon as he goes out the door, and as soon as you hear Otis say, why don't you get your brother a, a beer? And that's like the line he used the first time he tried to grope her. And I'm like, and it's clever because he uses the same line and you're like, Henry's not there to protect her this time. Mm. But then when Henry goes to kind of, this is the bit that was kind of cool. There was like, Henry goes to the store to pick up the cigarettes, which is a really weird scene because it's like, how about those bears? Fuck the bears so that must have been an in joke or something but then what's really weird is this is clever because you think is henry actually thinking about turning his life around because he meets the woman with the dog and he contemplates on murdering her yeah in my eyes that's what i took and then he doesn't and you're like oh maybe he's changing his mind maybe he's gonna go and he's going to leave because becky says you know come with me come back you can you can come with, back with me and live with us and i'm thinking is he thinking about changing his mind because i thought that was really strange and then obviously yeah you you, you get to the part where he gets back and i is trying to have his way with his own sister
1: no he's having his way and yeah right, okay. he's, engaged, he's engaged in those kind con- in in everything it's fucked up and then obviously you know hilarity ensues and he he gets murdered by
0: this this is the point i mean the point where he obviously it were massive spoilers we should have
1: said that at the start but oh, mate, all, all of these movies from the vaults are spoilers come on
0: <laughs> yeah the fact the fact that otis smashes the bottle and says um what was it um sayonara or something or something i can't remember what he says now i can't remember. he says goodbye in a, in a adios that's what he says. He says adios to Henry, and you know he's gonna fucking kill him. So yeah, he knows that it's either kill or, you know, kill or be killed. Um, but then yeah, that that scene is again really shot, really realistically, because it's again like you said, it's a bit bumbling, it's a bit half-assed, but it, it, basically it's just yeah, it's just fucking quite full-on yeah just full-on violence
1: and then when he takes <laughs> he takes becky with him and they go you know he's so he takes a it's it's so weird the well, beef, i thought
0: it was gonna end i thought oh, I guess, they're in the I car thought, off they go and see and i thought oh, this is where it's gonna end but then it carries on and you're like oh
1: but the beat that, this, the, for me, that was really interesting was the beat that Henry took to um, go, hang on, i got to think. And then in, in that beat, he's dragging the body into the thing and without even really giving it that much thought, he's just cutting heads off and cutting limbs off to Ch- put Ch- it in a Ch- Ch- bucket of boot oh, can.
0: Cutting his head off. Was you know? Christ.
1: It's like, this is something I've done fucking God knows how many times. You know? It's like nothing. And she's, like, uh, not really reacting. She's hysterical, but she we got to talk about this scene with becky as well before we sort of dispel the end uh that scene where it's her and henry and, and they're sort of just together and she goes on about her story of abuse mm. that was fucked up and all it's like she's had a messed up life he's sort of he tells her a story about or she's been told a story about him stabbing her mum
0: I, I don't believe that's, that's where you get the connection between the two and i think that's why he kind of connects with her more uh, and where he finds her on a level and that's probably why he felt like he had a kind of a, a thing to kind of like protect her, kind of thing i don't know maybe that's what but no because
1: i don't know if he did i don't know what he did because it seems that story is diluted or chinese whispers like he's told otis something and then he tells her that he stabbed her and he tells it that he shot her. And it's like, Hmm, actually, what did you do? So it feels like maybe he's told that story 60 different ways. He's never yeah. told that story. The truth. You yeah. really know, if it's the truth that he's told Otis or that he's told anyone,
0: or he's just gone far, so far into this rabbit hole of murdering people that he just he doesn't know. Doesn't know yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so layered and it's so clever. Um, it's not a simple movie. It's not a simple... Um... And, this,
0: and this is why I think, which I'll get onto to in a bit, is why it took so long to actually be released. Because where do you... I mean, you've got to kind of sympathise with people to a certain extent, is where do you market this film? Where do you put it? Where do you, you know, what do you do with it? this is this
1: reminds me of uh, this reminds me of like you know american Werewolf in london when you've got like the peep shows in trafalgar square and it's like you go to that fucking and uh, you go to that real uh, you know it would have been on like two screens in new york or something but the penny the penny theaters or something like that it didn't it's just like one of those movies where that's why i'm like i'm surprised i'm not surprised i haven't seen it i'm just like because it would never is no one's ever recommended it because probably everyone's going why would i recommend this movie thanks john
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks john you're sick
1: <laughs> you just told us so much about your personality john <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one i'm like but you know it, but
0: but. It, but it is it is very but then i would reckon
1: the thing is knowing our friends right and like the appreciation for this sort of movie and the fucking bar of off it i know that like doigie um i know like dan you know would get something from it they What's would get more from more from it than just a fucking disgusted movie
0: this is why i think that this this film it caters for a certain audience but then also it's so niche and so different and it doesn't give you expert it doesn't give you explanations doesn't give you backstory it doesn't give you uh, a through and through storyline that makes complete 100 percent sense and, 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 and I think a lot of it has got to be up to your imagination and a lot of it's got to be interpretation um, but this is and an, the end that we've got to get on to
1: well you know they're off on a you know they're, they're going to go travelling and Henry you know has he changed his ways and then he drags a fucking suitcase out is that suitcase Becky? I presume it is because she's not in the fucking car in the front.
0: Or has he left her?
1: We just don't know who's in that suitcase. You <sighs> don't know. I'd like to think that it wasn't Becky.
0: He's got but... fucking shares in suitcases, isn't he? <laughs> oh,
1: fuck! I don't know. But it was. Yeah, it was like you know.
0: But it's back again. Again, we're going back to where do you put this movie? Um, it's probably not. You know, it's not definitely not catered for an American o- audience because there's not an ending. It's just it, it's just there's no there's no comeuppance. So it, oh it yeah, ends. the
1: bad the bad guy. And do you sympathize? Well, that's the thing. I'm just thinking, do you ever sympathize with Henry? Fuck okay. no. What no. are you about no. simple Wow, well, sympathize with him. He wasn't as He wasn't as bad as Otis. Otis was worse out of the two. He was more—he was more sick in the head. Hear me out. He was more sick in the head than Henry. That's my opinion. Um, I think. I think. uh, Oh, was
0: because he introduced him
1: to more of this.
0: this There's a moral. But he's happy to go around snapping people's necks.
1: I know. I know. Murdering fans. If I look at his, if I look at his, like a fictional character then otis is in my head otis is the bad guy and henry's the sort of less bad guy therefore are you designed then to sympathize with the henry character and therefore i know he's not the hero and he's not an, even an anti-hero but for some reason it's like but it's like captain spaulding it's like all them they're fucking scumbags but i know is a scumbag um they're all scumbags but you fucking love them
0: no i tend oh, to,
1: to disagree because why, why do you why do, why is it different to like
0: the characters that rob zombie created over? i never said i liked any of those characters you just put those words <laughs> into my mouth the the, the reason why <laughs> the reason why because henry and otis are two different people henry is a, a cultivated psychopath Um, that should really be working alone where Otis is one of uh, which is a a psychopath in a different way where he's
1: a a sociopath yeah
0: which yeah sociopath so he likes the fact of the thrill of the of 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 putting people in these situations and seeing them like that and and he loves that part where I think that Henry is uh, gets off on the actual kill and not the struggle so yeah, I, what, I don't I what don't you're me- seeing from your point of view you're seeing the, fo- the focus on otis every time because the camera's showing otis you didn't see how they got in there how they put this family it's like you know
2: yeah i'm otis just saying it's good.
1: the way the way that it made me feel i was not saying i was sympathetic to henry but if i had to sympathize with either of two I'd sympathise with Henry until he kills if Becky. you're given a shit cho- yeah. choice. Which it, which you but don't... But Henry's
2: have.
0: probably killed way, way more people.
1: Oh, definitely. <gasps> and he hasn't given a shit about any of the ones he's killed.
0: Of course he hasn't.
1: He doesn't know. He wouldn't even have a fucking clue because he's a psychopath. He doesn't care. Um, He has no...
0: Remember, he's taught Otis how to seek these people down, how to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, he it goes back to like, you know, Hannibal Lecter and all that sort of stuff.
0: I don't know. But something in me went... Because the the, the film has put that in your head because it shows shows Otis doing all those things. It shows Otis raping his fucking sister on the floor and doing that horrible shit to her. That, and from the start, creeps you out because he's a disgusting human being where Henry is portrayed to you as a quiet, reserved, maybe he does care about Becky in the end, but does he? Nah. Of course. He's a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but it's clever. It was
1: was very good at at setting some very interesting emotions and very interesting thoughts and stuff like that about it. i thought about it for a fucking long time. So it's very, very interesting movie to watch.
0: You're a big fan of rape movies though, aren't you?
1: Eat shit. I find... Right, can um, can you chuck me
0: some Matt's facts? I would love to chuck you some Matt's facts. Facts. So how much do you reckon they got for this to make this movie? Uh, half a mil? <laughs> no. 100k.
1: Yeah, okay. That's why I wasn't cl- Yeah, I was a close.
0: The director was chucked 100k. But yeah, I got some maths facts. So, number one. Michael Rooker. What a ledge? Yondu himself. So, when he... Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. And Walking Dead, don't forget. Um, when he went for this role, apparently he was a janner Um, and he auditioned for the role. And he got it purely because he, he pretty much um turned up in a boiler suit and he blew them away. Um and they took him and they'd gone back to be in the film. But most of the scenes he's wearing his own actual clothes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the weird thing is I, I kind of looked back at it afterwards that he is actually wearing his own jacket. But at the time, he didn't have absolute loads of money, so he only had, like, one jacket. So before he would do the kills or anything, he takes off his jacket so he doesn't get any blood on it or anything like that, because it was his own jacket. And obviously (laughs) he had to wear it after he stopped filming. (laughs) And it's really weird, because if you look back, the scene where he kind of finishes Otis off, he literally takes his jacket off and puts it to the side. Oh, yeah. You're thinking, oh, that's why he's done it. That's brilliant. Um, which is really crazy um and apparently the whole way through the film he proper went method like he didn't talk to any of the other characters he had his own room um where he went and just chilled out and literally didn't chat to no one um and throughout through the whole thing people didn't even know that, if they were talking to michael Rooker or or henry um which is really strange because i didn't think i didn't put him as a method actor a lot of people saying his personality is like pretty funny really laid-back guy yeah apparently apparently his wife didn't even tell him that she was pregnant with their first child until they finished filming the movie which i thought was pretty fucking crazy that's
1: fucking mental
0: yeah um the film was shot in 28 days continuous no days off some days they shot for 23 hours which is pretty fucking crazy (laughs) um everybody got paid properly which was kind of cool um, and when it was finally released it actually made six hundred thousand dollars uh an extreme very extremely limited theatrical run which was really really crazy and then when it went on to vhs and dvd it made millions so it's a proper cult movie
1: yeah definitely what um why did it take three years for it to come out then
0: what 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 would you think why do you think it would take... To get
1: you? past the um, fucking board?
0: Well, that was a lot of it. There was a BBFC rating. Apparently, a lot of people said it's because of that. But there's rumours of other things where the guys that were putting out the film were very concerned about, kind of, again, where they would shelve this kind of movie and or what would it appeal to, who, who would buy this and where would they sell it, kind of thing. Um, so they kind of shelved it for a while. Um, and... They just like didn't really do anything with it until somebody requested that. Kept going on them um, to you've got to preview this film. You've got to, you've got to put it out. And eventually they showed it at um, Chicago Film Festival in '89. Right. Um, and it got picked up from that, and that's why it got released. Um, but it's not all good news because it got. got. This is quite a good fact, actually. It got shown. In 1989 at a festival film festival called uh, Tallulah Ride something like that and literally half the audience walked out because <laughs> um, yeah. they were that disgusted and the director was in the lobby um, John McNaughton and some guy just apparently walked up to him and said how could you do that why Why did you make a movie where like the guy the main guy who's a serial killer gets away at the end. And it's kind of like the director looked at him and said, well, I just did. I mean. <laughs> That's life sometimes. Yeah. And life then it around. got picked up from the, the the Chicago festival. Wow. And then it got put out and, um, and ever since then it's just kind of made its money back through kind of VHS and DVD through talks. I don't know whether because people were like well you know the, all the hype from the festivals and heard about the violence but I, i've never heard about it's kind of i've heard that i've heard of like you said the last houses on the left stuff you know um this has never best.
1: been on my radar i've heard people talk about it i've no it's never been on my radar
0: yeah so i mean it's really strange that i've not ever gone back to to seek it out but yeah one yeah.
1: thing. One thing's R- the title. The title doesn't appeal to me one bit. For one I thing, think that's
0: probably the put, what put me off. But um, I watched a kind of uh, do, uh, a kind of uh, extras on the DVD, and the director said we couldn't just call it Henry because there's loads and loads of different films called Henry, like Henry V, Henry This, Henry That. So to sell it, they were like, you need something else. So that's why they they went with that subtitle to put it in a kind of bit. Right. An area, but it's really yeah. So that's all I've got. So the the last bit I've really got is Henry Lee Lucas is dead now, he died in 2001, but he claimed to kill over 600 people. Holy shit. Yeah, and he was on he was on death row, but he got taken off of it because they could prove that one of the uh, the killings he confessed to wasn't actually him or something. It's all fucking crazy. So. Yeah, he died. He had a, he had died of natural causes or a heart attack or something in two thousand and one. But he was a nasty piece of work, uh, and he did have an accomplice called Ovis, and he did in real life have, um, uh, I think it might have been Elvis, his sister, and she was called Becky, and they went around with each other for a long time, and it is alleged that she went missing, and they never found her. <laughs> so yeah, they right. did kill her
1: allegedly okay fucking hell what a fucking move from the vault great great discussion man
0: disturbing what? i felt like i needed a shower after <laughs> what are you rating it well i wrote it i'm this this is not my kind of my kind of movie um it's not you know i'm not although i'm into all the rob zombie stuff uh however that being said with all the the performances and how visceral and how it made me feel, um, I'm giving it a seven breaths out of ten. Based on the, but I'd probably give it lower because I was so disgusted with the content in it. Oh man, I but don't. But I appreciate, like you said, what it's about and what it was doing and what it was pushing the boundaries. It wasn't, it wasn't being like everything else. It's, it was standing out above the rest, um, being something different. Based on, uh, it's yeah. Scary. It's dirty it's gritty it's raw yeah um, but it, that's not my sort of thing but I appreciate what it is
1: based on the art and the way it shot the the way that it's sort of the sort of like story the way that it took me on it the sort of the way that it made me feel afterwards and the way that it's left me feeling weird and stuff like that afterwards and that I wasn't expecting I'm was gonna give it a nine Bloody hell, really? I think it was... Um, I think Henry Rooker... Uh, Michael Rooker was...
0: Henry Rooker, eh? Henry Rooker.
1: Yeah, might as well have been. I think he was outstanding. And I think... He t- was outstanding, I think, yeah, I, was, I, I think Otis... The, if it
0: was down to performance of him on its own, I probably would have given it a 9 out of 10. But. It's just a
1: disturbing nature of the film. I've seen a few... You know, I've seen Spit a Grave. I've seen Last House on the Left. I've seen some quite dodgy Vipco and all that sort of shit. you know me, I've seen... I like... I'm interested I'm not like I'm interested in the art of those films and the reasoning behind um, uh, the way reasons behind filming such filth it's, it's and, clever but yeah. I
0: don't I do not like the way it makes me feel and I think that has a tarnish on what I would rate the movie because See? I don't I don't like feeling like that right Just for,
1: don't, me, for me it, for me the the reason why I give it such a high score is because it made me feel that way if a film makes me feel something that i ha- I don't usually do like it, it you know if i get if i actually physically get goosebumps or you know the the, the hairs on the, the, my neck you know stuff like drag me to hill paranormal activity those sorts of movies they actually make me feel something this one made me go what the fuck and it just i hadn't, I hadn't felt like that since but i like all something. those feelings yeah
0: i don't like the feelings that these movies give me yeah but i, I need I, genre yeah but well, that's i think
1: it's me man is like yeah
0: i agree i mean i don't like it
1: but the fact that i have to appreciate the fact that it made me feel that way
0: if, if i see you on ebay buying a vhs cam i'm going to be very worried that's I'm saying. <laughs> i appreciate the art that's what i'm like i like art
1: so i appreciate that and so yeah nine out of ten is uh, you know oh. and i can't say that I'd, that's a thing it's like yeah what, maybe a second watch it would be a 10 but why would i fucking go back and watch it a second time Fuck it, i don't know
0: it'd be like oh let's rewind get it's
1: but it's such fucking <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> if you look at it from an artful perspective it's i think it's quite an important horror movie and i'm surprised i haven't seen it so thanks john for giving us that yeah, nice <laughs> right should we get something light fluffy i know we're a horror podcast i think we need something like and it is our birthdays in the next couple of in the next three four weeks uh.
0: so on that note oh god he's disappeared he's picking something out of his array of shit films (laughs) (laughs) oh wow awesome finally i can't believe we not done it yet (laughs) yeah
1: so i've just um bought this to matt we are gonna do um you know because it's a birthday we need uh, we need clowns and we need balloons so we're gonna watch killer clowns from out of space <laughs> yes, i'm well happy with that do you know what do you remember watching this on this version that i've got yep it's, a, it's, fucking, it's fucking shit yeah
0: just really
1: it's fucking shit. So I might, I might go and buy the Arrow Blu-ray. <laughs> I've
0: got it. It's already sat up there, mate, waiting. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I'm, I mean, I've seen the movie obviously, but I haven't watched the version I've got up now on Blu-ray. I've just watched your sh- shitty VHS rip. I can't is, fucking wait. <laughs> brilliant. Awesome.
2: I'm gonna sit there with my,
1: I'll sit there watching it with my Killer Clowns T-shirt, and uh, I'll have, uh, I'll have my little pop, you know, next to me. I'm, go- I'm literally going to go deep
0: on the old uh, Matt's facts on this one,
1: mate. I'm going to get the popcorn out. I mean, this has got to have loads, mate. I remember, this is like epic. Cosero, yeah, Cosero. Oh, mate. Oh, I'm looking forward. Good one, good pick. <laughs> right good. then. Um, so I suppose that leaves us with the end of the episode. Let's end it. <laughs> I it was a great episode. Episode 52, done. Right. When there's no more room in hell, Here's another podcast.
2: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath, pod at hotmail.com.